The Young Purpose Show features engaging interviews and candid conversations with established and emerging leaders, influential voices, and newsmakers. Our goal is to empower you to discover, embrace, and pursue your purpose by connecting you with some of the world's most innovative and impactful people. We explore the stories, share the tips, and provide the tools they use that help them live their lives on purpose every day. Ah, it's good to be back. Uh, since our last episode earlier in the year, we've been doing quite a bit of retooling, which is common when you're building something fresh and new. The age-old adage is, no one man is an island. I've learned that lesson the hard way a few times. So now I recognize that crucial component of purpose is partnership. In just a moment, I'll share some exciting news about the power of partnership and purpose. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our latest interview with David S. Winston. David Winston is not shy about admitting that he had no desire to follow in the footsteps of his father, faith leader and businessman, Dr. Bill Winston. He thought his path was set for medical school before an on-purpose encounter altered his logic, transformed his faith, and revealed a plan to impact this generation. What he told me was that he heard God say, you had planned to heal hearts in the natural, but I've called you to heal hearts in the spirit. As a youth pastor, leader, and rising social media influencer, David's growing influence and positive messages are allowing him access to inject faith, empowerment, and purpose into millennials and more. Reaching thousands of youth every day, David is set out on a path to point youth, especially in Chicago, to purpose. In this episode, we talk with David about the tall task of balancing purpose and family, overnight success syndrome, social media strategies, and why he put himself on a self-imposed travel ban and declined speaking invitations his first year in ministry. Here's a little secret I'll let you in on. This interview was recorded almost a year ago. Yeah, it's been that long. But I'll tell you this, it lets you know how much life happens. And believe me, the conversation is rich and, in my opinion, filled with timeless subject matter that can relate now or even years in the future. But before we get into the show, I told you I have some very, very exciting news. So before we get into the show, I wanted to tell you some very exciting news that we have to share. And also, I wanted you to remember about the power of partnership, which I talked about earlier. Today marks a very special time for the On Purpose show. We are very excited to announce that we have secured our very first sponsoring partner, and that is Young Creative Services. Now, we were very deliberate about who we aligned our show with uh, because we wanted to ensure that we selected someone congruent with our values of purpose and passion, and at the same time, a rock star service provider. And that's the reason we chose Young Creative Services for our design needs. And I'm sure after looking at their website and checking out their work, you will too. Young Creative Services' purpose, talk about that a lot, is to empower creatives, entrepreneurs, and influencers with the tools to expand their brand. Now, I know the creative director at YCS, and he created the company to fill a very specific need. Uh, creatives are often helping others elevate their work so much so to the point that they forget to brand and market themselves. And if you're a creative, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. So the good people over at Young Creative Services are offering a special to the On Purpose Show listeners. That's you. 
So you can take 20% off any website design package. Yes, you heard that right. I'm trying to save you some money. So to take advantage of the offer, head over to www.youngcreativeservices.com forward slash on purpose and connect with the YCS team and they will take care of you. And I'm pretty sure you'll come out with some good work. So make sure to take advantage of this very, very awesome deal towards the end of the show. I'll tell you about it once again so you can connect with the team. Now, without further ado, once again, our conversation with David Winston. Consider it an extreme privilege to speak with David Winston, founder and leader of Go Hard for Christ Youth Ministry, a radical movement fueled by unapologetic and unashamed on a mission to fulfill their purpose to transform the world around them. He's also the director of Bill Winston Ministries, and no, they don't just have the same last name. He is the son of faith and business leader and a man who has really had a profound impact on my life and purpose, Dr. Bill Winston. Um, I consider David to be one of the foremost authorities on purpose, using his voice, his story, uh, and social media to inspire a generation. So, Dave, thank you for coming on the show. We uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, again, thank you. I think this is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of things we're going to be able to discuss uh, in the time that we have. But I usually like to jump out on the deep end right away when we have our conversation. So, um, uh, so purpose, original intent, your why, um, we're talking about a subject that's really at the core of what you do. Um, you said, you you know, one's primary goal is to must be a life, uh, of pursuing purpose. Why is that? Why is purpose so important to you? I think purpose is so important because purpose is the thing that drives people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know sometimes, you know, in our society, you know, in our culture, we can think that money drives people. You know, I was actually at a high school yesterday and uh, we were asking the kids, uh, it was a, a public high school in the Austin area, we were asking the kids, hey, what is something that you love? And one of the guys was like, money. (laughs) And so I know sometimes, you know, we feel like money is the great motivator. But really, purpose is the great motivator. And I really believe that purpose is one of the greatest motivators in life. And when you have purpose, um, I mean, we want to increase. But when you have purpose, you'll do it for free. Because it's the thing that drives you. It's the thing that motivates you. It's the thing that um, instills confidence in you. It's the thing that really gives your life meaning. And I really believe that purpose is so important because when you know purpose, um, you also know what not to do. And, and you feel like you can be effective. And I think one of the biggest challenges I think we face in life as humans is going through day-to-day life feeling like we're not doing anything significant. Right. And, and I really believe that purpose gives us that significance and it gives us a fulfillment that only can be fulfilled through purpose because it's that inner working that God has put inside of us for us to achieve. And it's like that unspoken, I feel good that I did it and I feel like I was always supposed to do it. And right. so this gives me a 
a, a feeling like nothing else can. And it, it's just a fulfillment that I think um, a lot of people are missing. That's why they are challenged in the job that they don't like their job or they don't like where they're at. And a lot of times it can lead to frustration in life. And, uh, and, and that frustration in life can come out many different ways, whether it's in the job or through relationships or through raising kids. I mean, you know, people go through life frustrated because they're not being fulfilled in that one place that ultimately purpose was designed to fulfill. Yeah. You mentioned a, a very important um, aspect to that earlier, which was, which was money. But fulfillment, yep. you know, that feeling that you talk about is something that money really can't buy. Right. You know, it, it really can't be it really can't be purchased. So what is the right. danger, especially for people, especially for youth, especially mm-hmm. for, in a culture right now where um, the media images that we see are so um, connected to materialism and increase to set the tone for whether you are succeeding or not? You know, what is the danger of money? being in the forefront of purpose? You know, I think one of the dangers of money being in the forefront is that a lot of times money can try to, um, it could try to cloud our judgment and our pursuit of purpose. Um, Because what happens is people start looking at money as the goal instead of fulfillment as the goal. And then what happens is as they look at money as the goal instead of fulfillment, they'll They'll confuse the two mm-hmm. because money can lead to buying things that can falsify fulfillment. And so people feel like, well, if I can buy this and I have the financial opportunity to do this and I can afford this and I can get this house and I got this nice car, my kids are in private school. I mean, how does that not equate to me achieving my purpose? But I think what what the focus always has to be is is this what I was put on this earth to do? No matter how much money I'm making. I mean, I know Todd Delaney, um, he's a gospel recording artist and he's won different awards and such. And he talks about his journey that he was actually a baseball player doing professional baseball, but didn't feel all the way fulfilled. And, and really, when, as he came to know Christ, he felt like there was a different calling that God had on his life. And and I can relate. I mean, I was on the track to become a doctor. And uh, and right before I went to medical school, God spoke to my heart and called me into full-time ministry. And I said, you know, um, I believe that God has something other for me than what my plan was, you know, for my life. And uh, And I really believe that that pursuit of purpose it can make clear what's important and what's not important. I think sometimes that we uh, we confuse what's important with what's not important. You know, I heard one man say that when all of this is over, um, all the material things that we've gained and amassed and acquired, all of that is going to burn up. And all I'm going to be able to say is my pile and heap of ashes is bigger than your pile and heap of ashes. But what is eternal is living out purpose right. and instilling value in others, adding to humanity and mankind, touching people in a way that only your purpose can touch. That's something that leads to eternal, um, really eternal dividends. And, uh, and that's something that can't be taken away. Yeah, that, that's so amazing. And, and even, the, even the lack of resources, money, can, de- can derail people from their purpose. They may wait until their, you know, age may come in and I need to get a job. I got to pay my student loans. I have to pay my bills. I can't go out and be a dancer. I can't go out and go into media. I can't go out and travel the world. I can't do these things. 
and they come in as a kind of a boundary that sets in. Right. So it becomes the pursuit of money to um, to help you know live a practical life, which is honorable. But then at the same time, it can reduce the opportunity to go out and really do what you were designed to do, which ultimately, we know, that God is the one that would give the increase to help a person yeah. do that if he's given them the, the, the call, which we know via Jeremiah 29 and 11 that he has. Mm-hmm. So it, it's essential. You talked a little bit about um, you touched on your journey. I did some research and I knew that you were uh, going into to medicine and I really call it a person's purpose journey. There's a pivotal point where uh, some things change. Share a little bit about your plans to attend medical school and that pivotal moment where it's, where you say, whoa, I was on this track, but now I'm over here. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, and so I was in the last year of pursuing my undergraduate degree, my bachelor's degree, I, uh, I went to Oral Roberts University, mm-hmm. and I was in the last semester. Uh, I was going to graduate that spring. I was studying health and exercise science, so I was going to get my bachelor's of science, and uh, I was in the midst of applying to medical schools. And I was applying to medical schools, and it seemed like things started to go difficult. Um, the application process was difficult. I had taken the MCAT test, which is like the Med, you know, which is equivalent to the SAT or ACT, right. you know, for colleges. And, um, and so, and that didn't go as well as I had hoped. And so I was kind of in this place where I'm like, okay, God, what's happening? Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, let's, let's be real. I like to be transparent. You know, I had just met who was now my wife. I had just met this wonderful, wonderful lady who just absolutely blew my mind. Uh, we had just met the the month before I started having these questions and I was asking God, you know, well, what are we going to do? I mean, you know, she has two boys and, and, you know, has a family here. Uh, you know, what are we going to do if I go to medical school? Like, I feel like this woman you've given me, um, you've given her to me. And, and so, you know, all those thoughts as, as, you know, as a young man, you know, I'm, I'm 21, 22 years old and all these thoughts are running through my head. Like, what are we going to do? And, and I think I got really a revelation in, in those couple weeks of, it takes it takes faith to trust God with your life and with your purpose. Absolutely. I, I was doing a teaching last month and I said, you know, believe in God for money, that's easy. Believe in God for things or, or little breakthroughs here and there, that's easy. But trusting God with your life and with your purpose, that's challenging. And it's challenging because a lot of people don't do it. And so I went to this place where I was just kind of wondering, God, like, what do you have for me? And I was starting to get frustrated. And so I went to a local church. It was Greenwood Christian Center, now called uh, Transformation Church. And it was a local church on the north side of Tulsa that uh, I had been attending. And I went to this young adult uh, conference that they had, this young adult encounter conference. And I just really encountered God in a way that I never had before. That, you know, growing up in church, you know, you have a tendency to think, oh, I've seen it all. I've seen all the spiritual stuff. And not even in a super prideful way. You're just kind of like, you know, you're just kind of like, I've been around church. I've been around good church, bad church. I've been around large ministry, small ministry. (laughs) So you feel like you've seen a lot of what God has to offer. But man, let me tell you, I had no idea what God had in store for me that weekend. And so I went to that conference 
I was at the altar. I can't even remember like what session or what was happening, but I was at the altar, literally on my knees, facing the ground, crying out to God. And I mean, tears running down my face because I, I was just in this place where I just needed something. I needed direction. And in those moments, I discovered that we were people that were never meant to self-govern or self-assign ourselves a purpose. We were we're always meant to understand and get directions about our purpose from our su- supreme creator right. who created us. And he's the only one that can tell us exactly what the assignment is. Right. And in that moment, God spoke to me audibly, just as loud as you can hear me. He spoke to me and said, David, I have called you to full-time ministry to reach the hearts of many. And you thought you were going to be a cardiologist. But I have called you to do spirit uh, surgery, but just not natural surgery. Mm-hmm. I've called you to spiritually do surgery in the hearts of many people. Right. And uh, and he started to talk to me about how there's a young generation that needs me, and it's going to be because of my obedience that they will be able to reach their purposes and be able to fulfill their potential. Um, but on the flip side, he said, you know, if you choose to disobey then many people will go without. And, and, and I mean, that always kind of hit me, the gravity of, of, of my purpose and my calling. And I feel like we're all significant. Right. And right. the thing I try to tell young people is there is a, there's a weight and there is, there's a gravity, there's a seriousness to your purpose and to your calling. It's not just you who, feeling like you're doing something and, oh, okay, well, God's happy and, and finally doing this thing to be fulfilled. I mean, that's good too, but people don't know. There are so many people that your purpose meets. I mean, Jonathan, you doing this podcast, this is part of God's purpose for your life. Absolutely. There are so many people that are being touched and that are being ignited because you decided to be obedient and say yes. And I found out that there was a weight to my calling And I I just, in that moment, I chose to say yes. And I said, God, I sacrifice all of my wills, all of my plans, all of my preconceived notions. I lay down every piece of pride that is in me that has tried to control my destiny or my life. And I just submit it right now to you, wholly and completely. And God started to give me instruction. He said, I want you not to go to medical school. I want you to stay right here in Tulsa and go to the the, uh, the School of Theology at Oral Roberts University, go to grad school there. And, uh, and, he, and he gave me the courses to take, and we went from there. And I spent about a year and a half in the grad, Graduate School of Theology pursuing my Master's of Divinity. I actually didn't get a chance to finish before God called me, and, and, and me and my wife got married, and it'd be before he called me and my family to go back to Chicago to start what God had purposed. And, uh, and that was, you know, youth ministry and reaching youth, young adults and the public at large and being able to um, lead to the salvation of many and change the city of Chicago. And, uh, and so that's really kind of my story in a nutshell. But I learned the importance of laying down my will, sacrificing my pride and my plans in order to hear God more clearly. And, and that's good. I, I, you know, I want to touch on something in that what you just said segues into that. So you had because this is important for a lot of people who are on a certain path. You had no desire to go into ministry. 
None. None. <laughs> zero. Zero. I had zero desire yeah. to yeah. go into ministry. I mean, you know, folks, would, you know, I, of course, I grew up in ministry. Yeah, so, right. so I had no desire. I had no problem with it. Like, I wasn't angry with the church. I wasn't like some bitter PK who, like, just disdained the church. Um, I, yeah, I love God. And, and, and I love the church. I, I loved pastoral ministry as far as what I could see because I had the advantage of seeing um, a really good man of God. And having a really good example. My, my dad um, is not perfect, as none of us are, but he was an outstanding example of a good father, of a good husband, of a good leader and pastor. He walked with such high integrity. Everything he preached from the pulpit, I watched him live it out 24-7 every day at home. And so he was he was the real deal. And, and him and my mom, um, I had a great example in front of me. So I wasn't bitter as far as seeing... Um, um, seeing that different type of ministry, you know, where it, where it's just really um, hypocritical ministry. Right. Uh, but I saw right. real ministry, but I still had no desire to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is actually, I mean, from the standpoint of uh, a lot of people may, you know, they may not want to go into the family business for a variety of reasons. They don't want to do the same thing. They want to um, establish their own identity. You know, they want to... Yeah. Um, that was me. I, yeah, I don't. I want to do what 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 I want to do, and so um, obviously, you know, there's some some parallels to you know your stories and your dad's. I, I believe I even um, remember your dad. Did he um, he um, was he going to was he gonna did he go to medical school or go into medicine at one time? Yeah, so he wanted to go into medical he school, school, and that was actually part of his plan um life didn't work out that way he went into went to Tuskegee university and then went to the air force and then went to to ibm and computer sales and so but yes and medicine was something that he would want to had wanted to do too and so i think he wanted to like partly live vicariously uh through me (laughs) like he was good with that 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 goal but right excuse me i think that as time Time went on, and as I got closer to the calling, I think right. that calling became probably more clear to them. Like, right. clearly, this kid is called to ministry. Yeah, and you know, um, sometimes our families can have our whole lives planned out for us. Oh man, and, tell me about. It. And, and those expectations can can lead into disappointment. Sometimes, did you did you feel any silent expectations to go into ministry? From, you know, I know you mentioned like the people around you, but from just like immediate family, you know, how was that? And, you know, how did you how did you reconcile that with what you were what you thought that you needed to go into? You know, I want to say this, that I think my parents were really good at not at least they were maybe they were good at masking it, but they were they were really good at not having me feel pressured to go into ministry. Right. Um, that was never the pressure. Right. They wanted me to be active in ministry, but it wouldn't have to be like pastoral ministry right. or licensed minister. But right. you know, so be active basically in church. You know, be active serving God. Um, but no, I really didn't feel any pressure. To be honest, it was it wasn't usually a conversation. Um, maybe we had a passing conversation here or there. Um, but they knew that it was going to have to be a, like a touch from God and a visit from <laughs> heaven to have me do, uh, to, to do pastoral ministry. Cause that's just not where my focus was. And I just didn't want to do that, but they were, they were good. My family was really good and supportive in whatever I really felt in my heart of hearts that God had called me to do. And it wasn't so much that 
I just wanted to be a doctor regardless of what God wanted. I, I really felt compelled to be a doctor. Like I, like, I really felt like, yeah, this is something that God wants, you know, exactly. because I really felt um, a, a pulling. Since the age of five, I had always wanted to be a cardiologist, a heart surgeon. That's just what I wanted to do. I mean, and so I, I shadowed at different um, hospitals and shadowed different doctors. And, uh, and yeah, you know, that's just kind of what I wanted to do. And they supported me. That's really good. I, you mentioned something earlier about um, just just being with them. They were they were in ministry, you know, and that was your life. That was a lifestyle um, that you were a part of. So it was kind of a natural inclination to even a even a healthy expectation for a parent to say, "Hey, this is what we do. This is just part of your life." And so a little right. bit later, we're going to talk about modeling because it it sounds like they modeled some behaviors for you that yeah. now is has proven beneficial uh in the things that you're doing but i want to kind of stick on the the um the family theme uh, i would ask you what it was like growing up in the winston household but you, you've occasionally shared a lot about your experience check him out on youtube you can learn a lot about it he had some really cool messages where he talked about his family so the many things that, that we can discuss that have a lot of relevance uh, I was reading through the Living Word history on the website, and I read about the weekend trips from Chicago to, yeah. you no, know, from Minnesota to Chicago for the two-day faith yeah. crusades. And uh, you were there. You were there to witness the sold-out crowds of 20 uh, people. Yeah. Uh, what valuable lessons did you learn about not allowing the so-called crowd to uh -huh. be a measure of greatness and derail your purpose you know i was um yeah so i, I remember <laughs> i was like oh man i was young i was like four years old maybe okay. um when these uh quote-unquote crusades were happening <laughs> and even at a young age i think i realized that my parents were doing something that wasn't necessarily normal yeah if i could say it that yeah. way and now that I'm grown, I can see that it is the road less traveled to start a church from dirt nothing and stay faithful for over 25 years to grow in something that's mega, uh, you know, by God's grace. Absolutely. And, um, and I think that watching them um, really gave me a confidence to know that I can achieve any dream that God has placed within my heart. Um, I remember those cold nights that, you know, not just the crusades, but, you know, the cold nights where we didn't have a car and we would have to take the Chicago public transportation, the L train. We were oh, taking yeah. the train um, to the west side. And I remember even being younger, um, five, six, seven years old, it was cold outside. And uh, and I would I would I would be so cold and I would be looking at my mom. I said, Mom, like, why? Why do we have to do this? Like and. And I think her response was always something that I remember. She would she would just respond and say, well, we're serving the Lord, and this is what God has called us to. So we're just going to be faithful in doing it. And, uh, and she would always just continue to remind, and my father would always continue to remind me, even at a young age, that we're serving the Lord. And as we serve the Lord, he's going to continue to just bless and he's going to continue to use us. And it's about touching other people. And, uh, and, you know, even though at five, five, six, seven, you know, you feel like 
hey, you might not understand that, but but I understood, and I, I think I understood more so the spirit and the heart yeah. behind yeah. what was being said. Right. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it was months that we were, we would have to do that a couple times a week, you know, every week. And, and I think looking back, I was just floored at their, <laughs> at their commitment right. and their right. diligence and the commitment to the vision and what God had called them to. And they always kept in mind that this wasn't about them. Right. This right. was about people and this was about spreading the gospel of the kingdom. And, uh, and I think God just, he put that seed in me um, very early. And for me, it's always been about that. Yeah. It's always about God. It's always been about the kingdom. It's always about other people. And, um, and I mean, even to this day, it still, still makes me emotional knowing that we were where we were, but God was faithful yeah. because yeah. my parents stayed in their purpose. They stayed in their calling. And, you know, no matter where you are, if you listen to recording this, no matter where you are right now, if you just stay faithful and obedient, God will bring you from from place to place, from different level to different level, and He will elevate you if you just be willing and obedient and stay faithful. And because we are faithful, because they were faithful, God just promoted and promoted and promoted. Wow, that's that's you know, I, I that hits me, you know, because you know. Um, People can often see where things currently are. Yeah. They don't get an opportunity to really, really, really see the backstory of a thing and from where it actually came. And yeah. um, I could tell that it's something that's that's huge for you. Yeah, and, and Jonathan, if, if I could just jump in and say, I think the place in me that, and hey, we're all still working on it, right? We're all still getting better. We're all still getting perfected every day. Yeah, so so um, even though it might look like I got it all together a lot of times, you know, I'm still working on certain areas of me. And, uh, and one of the areas that's hardest to work on is when people come and they want to talk about you, talk about your family, or, you know, slander you, or... Or, you know, just kind of say junk, just hate, whatever. And it's not just about that. I mean, you know, I can love past that. That's, you know, whatever. People are going to be whatever. But I think when people try to come at you as if they know your entire story. Right. As if they know, if they're there with you riding public transportation because your car got stolen and it's minus 20 degrees, but you're being faithful to go to the west side of Chicago and hopefully not get robbed in order to start this church to help people. They weren't there. And, and so I think it always takes that extra amount of patience and love to not come and snap back at them right. when they see the results of what faithfulness has done, faithfulness in God. But they weren't there, so they feel like they can just say anything and it's 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 like it's okay, you know. You know how sometimes oh, people yeah. do like they come against you because they come against you because God has has blessed your faithfulness right. and your obedience. Right. And I tell them it wasn't always like this. Right. You're you're mad because you know whether it's my father flying in a private jet or we've been able to do this or God has given us the ability to purchase this, and you're mad, but you weren't faithful. You weren't the one that was making the sacrifices right. every week. You weren't the one that was using their money to keep this church alive. You, you weren't the one that was like, you weren't the one that was there. And so 
I think it always takes that extra amount of love (laughs) to really be able to not come back at them because um, because they don't know the cost. Right. They have no concept of what it costs, the sacrifice to be able to ascend into that realm of what we can call success. They have no level of the sacrifice. So, so, you know, it takes love for me to not say to them, you have no right to comment because you have no level of the sacrifice. Right. And, and so, so what God does is he helps me to just respond in love. (laughs) And that's something, Jonathan, that I'm still growing in. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a, you know, you have to pull me back because if not on my own, I'd be charging yeah. at people. But it, it lets you know the, the level of of passion. And so, like I said, people don't, they think that things are easy because they see right. things happening, you know. And as right. a result of fruit doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, you see the fruit on a tree doesn't mean that the seed didn't die, didn't go through a transformation process. And now yeah. you see fruit. It just didn't pop up there. There was something happening in the background. And right. I think that that's why it's so important that you tell your story and that these stories are told so people can have a better perspective of what it really takes. So that way, when they go on their own journey, it's not at the level of topsoil. You know, you got to dig right. deep and develop some roots in this thing. Um, so it's a, and then how you were just explaining that in terms of the impact it had on your life, even as a young child. Um, the triumph you experienced, the struggles, the path to purpose, how important is it to, um, and this is really a good question for a lot of individuals who are out there uh, in different circumstances, how important is it to, because a lot of times we may push our kids aside and say, go over there, I'm trying to do this. How important is it to have your children, you know, share in all the aspects of your journey? You know, I, I think it's really good to have them share because I think it's really good to, to, to have me share. And and so, you know, I, I like to be able to expose them to the journey by letting them know, you know, exactly what's going on in the midst of the journey. Um, and, and, you know, my younger, they're, my youngest two are, are six and, uh, and four. And so they're grasping parts of it and 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 i love that they're seeing it is for what it what it is um but especially like my six-year-old joshua um part of what he wants to do with his life is he wants to be a preacher he wants to be a pastor like his daddy okay and um and to me that's that's one of the most flattering i think one of the most flattering things that they could say not because it just flatters you know my emotions But it says something to, I think, the uh, example that I'm being, that he sees something that is helping other people, that is being a good example, that is that is loving others and showing others God's way. And, uh, and he wants to be a part of that. And then, you know, for my other two, they're, they're 16 and 14. Actually, my son Jordan's 15 today. Yeah. Um, so they got a chance to be able to see it from a different angle, you know, because they're older. And so right. they, they saw it from the start. You know, they remember, you know, of course, we were living in Tulsa and then we moved here. And so they kind of saw ministry from the start. And, and I think um, I was actually just having a, a conversation. Me and my wife were just talking to our oldest uh, son, Jacob, last night. And um, and, you know, he was saying some things that blessed me. He was just saying that um, he, he, you know, it talks about in the scripture, honor thy father and mother. And he right. was saying that, you know, you get dad i want to give you honor because 
you act in such an honorable way. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that blesses me to hear my 16-year-old acknowledge that you're, you're honorable. The way you tr- yeah. treat people, the way you go about life is honorable. Yeah. And, um, and I really believe that it's important first to show that good example in the home that we may not be perfect people, even in ministry. Hey, I'm telling y'all, even in ministry, you know, we're still growing as a pastor, as a person. I'm still growing as a father, but my commitment to get better, it, it doesn't, it doesn't lessen. I want to get better each and every day and I want to continue to serve God and I want to continue to love my family. And, um, but having them see a good example, I think that's where good ministry starts. I always believe that ministry starts at the home and God has never called us to prosper in ministry at the sacrifice of our family. Absolutely. And so if you're thinking about going into full-time ministry, it, it does not require sacrificing your family, sacrificing raising your kids, sacrificing being a good husband for the sake of the Lord, because that is not God's way. Right. Because I believe one of the most important ministries is in your home. Absolutely. And so that thing has to be right first. And so I really believe that through my good example, it would it compels them to want to love God, serve God in the way that they can serve him. So, you know, I always encourage them to get involved, whether it's, you know, my little ones doing children's choir or whether it's my bigger ones um, doing something to help serve, um, you know, my oldest Jacob, he likes to be artistic. And so getting him involved in some different aspects, um, but really it's about getting them to serve in their gift and in the area that they're most passionate about. I think sometimes it's harder right now in this generation to just try to force them to do something that's just not in their characteristic, just not in their personality and their nature. But if you can find something that is in their nature, hey, if you have somebody that's artistic, get them involved in the arts, get them involved in drama. As a matter of fact, what I've found is have them run something. Hey, you're in charge of doing this. You're in charge of of this dramatic presentation that we're going to do next month. So you need to do this, do that. And it teaches them leadership. It teaches them responsibility. It teaches them timelines and management um, to really be able to say, hey, no, you're a leader. And so I'm not going to just let you do this. I want you to be in charge of this. And the success is on you. And so do this part, do that part. Uh, you know, let's, let's do this mission trip and then really make them a part of it. Ask them, hey, what do you want to see in youth ministry? What do you want to see us do? I ask my kids all the time, hey, how do you feel about this? How would you feel about seeing this in youth ministry? What do you, what do you think about this? Uh, and so I want to get their opinions and their voices, not just so we can make stuff better, but so they, they can know that, hey, I have buy-in in this. This exactly. is a part of me. And so um, so that's kind of a long-winded answer to a short no, question. No, it's, it's right on point because I can, I can remember um, um, one young person um, wanting to go to Hawaii and having to, yeah. <laughs> to right, that guy to, you know, it's, it's, it's part of you. You know, I, I hear these, I would hear these stories a lot. I would say, wow, I wasn't even thinking about that. But it's good to have those that generational perspective, you know, passed down so you can create a legacy um, yeah. amongst your own children. So having that buy-in is important, you know, and, and bringing yeah. them around to balance that is, 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 is what you should be doing. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I hope, hope I'm not getting too spiritually deep with this next comment, but I believe in transparency. So I'm going to share something that yeah. blessed me a couple nights yeah. ago is, um, 
is and, and if this if you know if you don't believe in this then you know just overlook it bypass it but me and uh me and my youngest two me and my wife we put our youngest two to bed and so you know um often i'll lead in prayer maybe one of them will lead in prayer but often i'll lead in prayer before we go to sleep and so you know we'll we'll kind of do a little bedtime routine you, know, you read to your kids and stuff um but a couple nights ago we were praying and i was just kind of doing a nighttime prayer just leading us in prayer and um and my my wife said something about praying in tongues praying in the holy spirit and um you know both my children have been filled with the holy spirit all my children have been filled with the holy spirit but um nikki started praying in the spirit and then lily started and joshua started so now i'm praying almost kind of leading like this corporate prayer uh-huh. and they're praying in the spirit and and we prayed for maybe a couple minutes, but it just it blessed my spirit and blessed my heart to know that they wanted to do it and they knew what it meant and that they knew that they were connecting with God and we're setting an example that says that, hey, this is life. This is what right. we do. Right. And right. they willingly want to do it too. Yeah, yeah. I think so that's that's so, I think that's so essential because sometimes even even if a child may not necessarily know what they're doing mm-hmm. they know that who they're doing it with makes mm-hmm. it something that i should be doing and, and be empowered to do and then Absolutely. when i get to that point where i know what i'm doing wow this is why dad had me do this this is why mom had me do this this is why now i can see the the benefits from that happening so that's an amazing story what have you found are some of the best ways and you mentioned this earlier which is involving your your family and children and what you do what are some of the best ways you found to successfully pursue purpose and then manage family at the same time oh that's a great question um you know pursuing purpose and managing family that could definitely be a tightrope walk (laughs) to say the least um but i think really it all goes back to managing according to God's agenda. And so a lot of times when we're trying to go about life, we forget to do some of the simplest things. And one of the simplest things is just to pray and ask God to lead him, to to lead you every day at the beginning of your day. Mm -hmm. God, lead me. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. And show me what's important to you. Right. Because if I do what's important to you, it'll usually accomplish what's important to me. Yeah. And um, and just giving God your day and asking him to lead you and guide you. And, and, and I, I say that for a reason, because then what God will start to do is he'll start to remind me to do certain things. And he'll also make allowances for me to do other things. But then he'll stop me from doing some things. And so because I'm giving God that priority, I allow him to be my time manager. And and I know, you know, for some people it might say might say it was not that deep. Well, I'm not trying to make it deep. I'm actually trying to make it very simple. Ask God to help you manage your time and priorities. And so um, and so sometimes, you know, he'll use my wife to remind me of something or um, something will just come up. I'll be praying in the morning and something boom, will just trigger. I'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. And I don't think naturally I would remember yeah. because at the timing of which I remember, which is usually 
usually during the midst of my prayer time. And so I have, I have a little, you know, I have my device or something and I'll make notes on my to do for that day. And uh, because if the Holy Spirit's reminding me, I don't want to miss his timing right. because it might be important. Right. And so um, so he helps me manage my time. And, and I'm still getting better and better every day managing time as far as family and seeking purpose. And so as far as family, what I choose to do and what I tell others to do is set boundaries. Um, whether you're in ministry as a full-time minister or you might be one of those people who are just you know serving your local church and going, you know, just going about life. Um, I say set boundaries. Uh, and and I look to do an even better job, uh, but there's some things that I just say no to, that I have to say no to because my family comes first. Um, there were some things happening yesterday. Uh, there was one of our, our youth that are close to us. He was having a birthday um, celebration thing, and then we also had a night of prayer at our church. But also last night was um, my my son Jordan was celebrating his birthday and so he was doing some stuff with friends and so I had a choice actually I had a choice that I could go to the birthday celebration of of our youth or I could go to the night of prayer that was happening at our church or I could be a father and you know oftentimes people will feel very pressured by their church to serve at the expense of being a good husband or good father. A good husband or good father doesn't mean you're perfect. A good husband or father means you're present. Right. And, and you show up. Yeah. And, and if you can just show up and, and, and just try, a lot of times you can, you can grow from there. And so what I've learned is set boundaries. I, don't, I, I try to make a rule not to be out late or be out, I guess, during the night too straight three straight nights, I might do two straight, doing anything that is ministry related. So there might be a meeting, there might be a thing or a session or something that they want me to teach or a night of prayer or whatever. But I know that, hey, if I've been out a couple nights already and my wife knows, um, I- I'm not going. And I'll tell people no. I'll, I'll say, no, I have to decline. And I'll tell people honestly, I'll say, I have to decline because for two straight nights, I've been away from my family and the third night is too much for me. So I need to go handle my family obligation. And I might not have anything specific happening. Nobody, nobody has a big game or recital or anything. Right. But I don't want to create a distaste or disdain in my children for ministry because they feel like ministry took their father. Wow. And I never want to do that. I want to push them closer to God and say, no, no, it's not ministry taking away your father. I'm giving out to people, but I keep you all as 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 top priority. You know, next to God, you all are top priority before ministry. And so, um, so, so those are some of the things I do, Jonathan. And, and I believe that the pursuit of purpose has to be done in the right way. And and I want to tell you something else is that God actually. Um, he placed me on lockdown. When I first got in ministry, um, he placed me on lockdown. What I mean is I was not allowed under instructions of, of, of God. I was not allowed to travel around doing ministry. And, you know, in ministry, especially when you're very visible in ministry, you get a lot of opportunities and invites for speaking engagements, whether they be somewhat local or sometimes they might even be international. Right. And during the first um really during the first four or five years of ministry, God did not allow me to travel. And he said, no, he said, build my house 
don't go out here and build your ministry, build my house. And I was faithful to do that. And there was quite a few invitations that I got that I just had to decline. And I told them exactly what the Lord said, uh, but it wasn't my time yet. And I believe that the pursuit of purpose always has to be done in order. And even though I have a longing to go and and serve, I have a longing to go and release the word of God, but I can't, um, I can't do it in disobedience. And so I had to know that, uh, hey, God has me on this plan right now and those opportunities will come back. But it's not about building my kingdom. It's about building God's kingdom. And it's hard to build God's kingdom when you're in disobedience and out of order. And so I want to do that in order. And um, and I believe that, you know, my kids see that and they acknowledge that and they respect it. And uh, and and it helps me stay grounded. And now I'm finally getting into this season where um, uh, God has allowed me to be able to do some traveling and, and do some speaking. I believe that because I was faithful and obedient to say yes to what God was doing, um, he's the one that promotes. And I think a lot of times when you're talking about purpose and, and I'll, I'll stop after this. Uh, when you're talking about purpose, people confuse ambition with being ambitious. Yeah. And, um, and and I really believe that people confuse wanting to take advantage of the situation with 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 trying to pursue their own goals at the expense of being disobedient to God. Right. Um, and I don't want to be disobedient to God. Um, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing at the right time. And um, what I'm what really getting from what you were talking about was a lot was balance, right? Yeah, and Absolutely. and knowing that God wants balance. There's something called stress, which yeah. you know we, we we can clearly find out that it wasn't created by God because it doesn't it doesn't feel good. So being able to to um, have that balance and then show that balance to your children, your family. Um, a lot of times you mentioned even a, even with ambition, people will accept anything with on the quest to be ambitious and then wind up either getting sick, hurt, losing yeah. something. Uh, yeah, exactly. 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 Um, so let's jump a little bit into an area that you are uh, definitely growing in, which is which is social media and technology. Why have you sure. embraced social media as a tool? Why do you think it's effective right now? Um, you know, I have always viewed social media as just that, as a tool. And I think different people, maybe maybe it's because of where I'm at in life, you know, just kind of where my, what my life purpose consists of. Um, I, you know, I think it's a great way to connect with people. And, you know, Jonathan, I think one of the things that I'm learning is so many people, as you continue to become more visible and as you continue to just kind of get promoted in life, so many people want to connect. Um, so many people want to connect. So many people, um, you know, people want to be mentored by you. They have questions. They they want to sit down and have lunch with you. But I, I, I can't connect with everybody. I can't have lunch with everybody. You know, I can't have phone calls with everybody. I can't mentor everybody. But I think one of the cool things that Periscope specifically, I'll say Periscope specifically, has allowed me to do is it's allowed me to almost become, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to proclaim myself this, but I'll say this for lack of a better term, almost become like a life coach and give spiritual mentoring 
in a way that is still feels somewhat intimate, like we're having a conversation. Right. Right. But yet many different people can benefit. And I think that's what's so cool. That's what I love about Periscope is I can be able to share my thoughts, my feelings, the revelation, the information, some of the things that I've learned with so many awesome um, people on, on, on social media. And they'll get it and then they have questions and I can answer those questions and we can build a relationship without the exclusivity or setting aside the time to do individual phone calls. And I think that makes it so cool and so unique. Um, but I think it's just such a cool tool to really be able to build lasting connections with people. And I think it's so awesome when I get a chance to go somewhere or, or I'm around town and I meet somebody who says, hey, I watch you on Periscope or yeah, I connect with you on social media. I'm I'm such and such on Instagram. I love your post. And they, when they say that they've just been so encouraged, you know, I've had some people say, Hey, you know, like, like you give me that spiritual up, uplift and, and pastoring, even though I don't have a church and, and didn't really believe in God, you know, but, but you give me that thing. And, and I just say, wow, glory to God. I'm glad that he was able to use this platform uh, as a vehicle to really help people. And that's what it's about. It's about using these platforms as vehicles to help people. You know, the social media is such a great tool and a vehicle when you use it in a way to uplift people. And I think the a lot of times, Jonathan, that's why you won't see me on any of my social networks um, complaining. You won't see me talking about how much my day has been sucky. <laughs> you won't see me talking about um, how my wife's not treating me right today uh, because that is not, to me, that's not the appropriate use of social media for me. Right. I believe the most appropriate use of social media for me is being able to encourage other people. And it's not that I'm not being authentic. I believe in being very authentic. I share my feelings and how I feel about certain things. But I love encouraging people. And that's what God has told me to do with these social media platforms. And you know what's really cool is a lot of times God will drop something in my heart. And if you're on Periscope watching right now, this is for you. God will drop something in my heart that morning as soon as I wake up and my feet hit the floor. And he'll say, Go on these social networks, talk about this today. And I really believe that sometimes that is the answer to somebody's prayer because they'll get on and they'll say, whoa, this is exactly what I needed today. This is exactly what I needed to hear. I just prayed about this last night. I just needed this direction or I just had a fight and I needed this encouragement or I was just crying out to God asking for some direction and purpose. And I believe that God uses people in these social platforms to be able to speak exactly to your situation right. and to be able to encourage and edify you and point you in the direction that you need to go. The core population that you serve, you know, they're more connected, but growing yep. more detached. You know, there's rapid access to information. And at the flip of a, or the touch of a screen, there can be either distraction or there could be yep. something that's valuable and, and beneficial for them. And so, you know, those are the things that I'm seeing that you're doing on social media. And like you said, it's not about not being authentic or what people consider real. It's about what, you know, you, it seems like you're, you are aware and considerate of the brand that yeah. you want to portray because someone is not relying on you saying, I don't feel good today because they don't feel good today. They're right. relying on someone saying you can overcome this because right. you can go anywhere and get negative information. But exactly. there's choice places where you can find that information that's going to actually provide some value um, for your life. 
So exactly. When people don't want to hear you complain. No, I mean, they don't. It doesn't. There's, there's, like you said, there's enough negative information out right. there where I'm like, y'all don't need to hear me sit up here right. and complain. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't go through challenges. It just means that I choose not to complain about them, right. <laughs> and I just, you know, we just all overcome them. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in those situations before. Where I've been, I've been, you know, you're you're on the brink of something special. You're at yeah. the, you're at the point where you you're you're writing something or you're putting something something together, and you hit. You know, I, oftentimes I'll go to YouTube and find Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. And, mm-hmm. you know, after listening to him, I'm ready to run through a wall. And I know I can accomplish something because they're taking you through that place. Or I listen to messages by your dad or or uh, yeah. some of your messages. And so those are the things that's the homework, the core things that are that are essential to getting you to a place of being on path for your purpose. One of the things that I found is is especially with social media and people seeing people other people on social media there is a perspective of especially with younger people and not knowing really stories seeing a, a overnight mentality um right talk oh, about the talk about the, the really the myth and the danger of um of just the, this overnight success perspective Oof, Jonathan, you you, oof, you you hit you hit my this is my sensitive spot. Let's go. <laughs> I think because uh, because I deal with so many youth, right? Um, and because their world their world is the YouTube world. Yeah, the yeah. world is the Snapchat, the fifteen second Instagram. That's that's the, the world. And so it's different for you and me that might have grown up in the generation or the generations before, right. um, because we saw the evolution of that. But then we still kind of had that that balance where we we saw what life was before that Correct. and how you had to work your way. And, and you know, it was word of mouth and, and those things. Um, <clears throat> here it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. The danger of all of these, all of this digital stuff is it. Com- I think it, it, it creates in our mind an uh, unauthentic, inflated view of success and what is truly reality. Right. Instead of working hard, and, and this isn't all our young people, but there's some young people out there that all they're doing is trying to make a YouTube video that will get enough hits that somebody will stumble upon it who will want to invest in their future in some way. And sometimes that comes at the expense of doing something immoral doing something nasty, mm-hmm. doing something that is ridiculous in order to get noticed. And here's where the danger in that comes. I really feel like the danger in that Jonathan comes because these kids are trying to find significance right. Right. through the digital platforms. Because you liked my post 200 times, I'm more significant than my friend who only had 20 likes on their post. Right. Because you viewed my video 100,000 times, that must mean that I'm somebody of influence and importance. Right. And to me, the most dangerous thing about this whole digital um, microwave success, it's all about value and it's all about significance. Right. And I, I'm, I'm so concerned and I make it my goal to tell people 
Your significance cannot be found in the approval of others, the rating of others, the rates of likes of others, or the acceptance of others. Because as as hip hop, uh, Christian hip hop artist Lecrae says, if you live for their acceptance, right. you'll die from their rejection. Right. What happens when the posts and the likes stop? What happens when the views stop? What happens when the follows stop? And that is my concern because if we found our significance and our importance on something that is that fickle, then we will almost self-destruct right. when right. it goes away. Right. Right. And, and I believe that the one thing that we can teach our young people is that, as the saying goes, the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. Right. 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 That we have to know that God is a God of development. Right. He's the author and finisher of our faith, and he's into character development. So a diamond isn't formed just because we feel like it should be formed in one day. A diamond is formed over pressures and, and pushing and heat and hardship, and, and it takes time for that diamond to be formed to finally become something that we place such high value on. Right. And I tell them, this overnight success, this stuff isn't real. It's inflated, and it's something that that is being pushed and, and and don't buy into it because it'll have you judging yourself according to a standard that is <laughs> that doesn't exist. Right. And and this microwave culture, you know, it wants to it wants to push instant success. Who can discover me? Who can give me significance? But what we have to do is we have to trust in our own our own gift, our own purpose, our own calling. One other thing that's dangerous is that. All of the social media can get us to quickly second guess or abandon our calling and abandon our purpose because we see the success that somebody else is getting. And when we put their success in higher value and higher and higher esteem than our own gift, we automatically start to discount our gift. Right. And when we discount our gift and discount our purpose, we're in a dangerous territory because right. now we're about to spend time, money, and energy pursuing somebody else's gift exactly. and somebody else's purpose. Exactly. And and our, our our purpose has an identity lock on it, I say. Yeah. Like an identity lock, like a lot of our phones right. have identity right. locks. You can put your thumb on it and then it unlocks our phone. Yeah. Well, your purpose is the same way. If you are trying to pursue somebody else's purpose, it has an identity lock on it. I can't put my finger on your phone, Jonathan, and it unlocks. Exactly. It doesn't work like that. But you know what? I can spend a lot of time trying to be frustrated and say, what's wrong with this phone? And take it to the store. What's wrong with it? Well, it just wasn't calibrated for your fingerprint. Right. And I think what happens is sometimes we see all of this stuff and it's like we're trying to recalibrate our own destiny, our own purpose to fit somebody else's success. Where we have to do is focus on what God has given us, what God has called us to do, and that's it. There's there's so many different ways to ah oh, that it's so rich. There's so much wisdom there. I, I think about what institutions would um, would not even exist had had people had that mentality of of abandoning something because someone else was you know your dad didn't right. start off with with twenty thousand members. You know, twenty thousand parts of the church. Um, it was a period of, of of growth, and if you looked at those empty chairs and said, "This is how it's going to be," and think right. about how many dreams would have been dashed uh, because of that. I, all, in all honesty, 
you know, I look at likes, you know, it's something that that you have to work through because recognition is at the core sometimes of a person to receive that, to, to give them uh-huh. to give them value. But we know that value does not come from that place. Other people saying, I like this. It's, right. just, it's an internal thing that you say, this is what, you know, God told me to do, regardless of if I have two subscribers or if I have 20,000 subscribers, what am I going to allow to define me? Yeah, and, and Jonathan, you actually just touched on something that is actually really important to me and that I actually just mentioned recently. Um, you, you just talked about that likes do help and likes can be um, important. And I really believe that, that um, for me, you know, I look at likes and I look at the engagement, I look at hearts. And for me, it helps me understand what info was relevant for you, what revelation was good and helpful for you. But I think, so I completely agree with you. And so I think in, in those terms, in that context, it is a positive thing. But I think when we start to look at it as a form of an equation of equaling my value or my significance, I think that's that's where we err. Absolutely. And that brings me to another great point is a section, a segment of the podcast where we get into some really cool things, talking about some nuts and bolts and practical things that you do to um, to really, you know, be successful in certain areas. We talked about engagement. We talked about looking at likes. What are some of the different things that you do? You don't have to give away all your all your uh, your um, your core secrets. Yeah, <laughs> that you utilize. But, you know, I, I, I like to create this space as somewhere where a person can, you know, the thing about purpose that I've learned is that people want it. They want to do it. They want to embrace it. They want to discover it. They want to pursue it. But sometimes they just don't have the steps to get there. So what sure. are some of the some of some of the ways that you um, that you strategize with Periscope, with social media to um get likes, get hearts, whatever the case may be. But the end goal, obviously, is to get in front of a lot of people to share your message with them. What are some of the strategies that you use? I like to use all of my social networks to feed one another. And so really a lot of my social networks are connected. And so you go to my Instagram bio and it has my Periscope um, link on there. And then you go to my Periscope and, and it might have a link to it might have a link to um, maybe a document or something that I was referencing. Um, but sometimes I'll put a link to my Instagram and then um, you go to my Twitter. It has a link to Periscope. And so it's all kind of interconnected. Right. I think one of the most important things about social media, if you're really trying to venture out into the space or maybe you're trying to get started on Periscope or some new platform, um, I think it's all about, or maybe Snapchat, it's all about your voice. And it's all about understanding your voice. We are all a brand, no matter no matter if you like it or not, no matter if you think you have any kind of brand equity or you're like, exactly. oh, well, I'm a nobody. Nobody knows me. Doesn't matter. You're, you're still a brand. Everybody is a brand. And so just like Coca-Cola, you have to establish what do you want your brand to be about? What is your core competency? What do you want to communicate? When people uh, bring your name up, what do you want the other person to say about you like oh yeah Jonathan yeah I follow him and I love his this or I like when he does this or yeah that's real good 
what do you want that next statement to be? Exactly. Do you want it to be exactly. about lifestyle, uh, the real? Do you want it to be about business management and tips? What do you have to offer? Are you going to do something that's more informational? Are you going to do something that's more spiritually revelational? Are you going to do something that is just hey, everyday life, and I'm just going to include you in. But what is your brand going to speak to? What is it going to be about? And then I really believe in being authentic with that message as much as possible. And so even if your brand is about business, make it personal. Make it very personal about you and let people grow from um, your learnings. But also make sure that they understand some of your mistakes. And so uh, uh, mistakes create that authentic relationship. Um, You know, there's a quote that says, if you want to if you want to influence others, you know, talk about your victories. If you want to impact others, talk about your failures. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and so I really believe social media is a great platform, but you just got to understand your your voice and your identity. What is your brand? What is important to you? Um, And so I think that's a good thing to just kind of keep in mind. And then also. Grabbing resources. There's different resources um, for, for different users and for different platforms. Grabbing great resources from different periscopers out there and then Instagram. You know, some people, they seem kind of erratic, you know, with their voice. Sometimes, you know, they're here, sometimes they're there. They're posting about all different kind of things. So you just have to understand what's important to you. And the, the most important thing is... Give out content that people care about. Right. And be true to you. Just be true to who you are, what you represent. Thank you once again for listening and remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, stream 24-7 on SoundCloud, and join our mailing list to get updates on our next show, which I know is going to be really exciting. I have an idea of who that's going to be, and I think you guys will enjoy it uh, and much more. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jay Eaglin and use the hashtag BeOnPurpose to join the conversation. Remember to head over to www.youngcreativeservices.com forward slash on purpose for your 20% discount on your next website design package. Signing off. Talk to you soon.